Like, what just happened in the matter of minutes? I went from, I love this truck to, I don't love this truck quite as much. I, I, I find joy in owning this truck and in a couple minutes of time, just seeing another truck, I didn't like that truck, my truck, as much. What is, and I thought to myself, I was like, what is that? Like, what just happened? And maybe you've had something like an experience similar, right? I mean, we all have. Like, we're, we're, it's like one, at one moment we're happy and the next moment we're not. Like, what just happened? That's comparison. That's what happens when we compare. And what's interesting about the whole comparison thing, to me at least, is it seems really childish, doesn't it? I mean, like, if you have kids... We are constantly trying to tell them, no, 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 don't compare, just enjoy what you have, right? Don't, don't complain about, well, I didn't get that or whatever. No, no, just enjoy. And so we can admit that it's childish, right? And yet here I am, I'm 36 years old and I'm still, like this is still not get. it's actually not getting any better. It's almost getting worse. And I actually, I was thinking about this week, I have a theory as to why it gets worse. Like you'd think it'd be something as you grow as immature as an adult. I, I think I'm kind of a mature adult, at least. Like I, you would think I would grow out of this. And I have a, re- I think the th- I have a theory. The reason why we don't grow out of this, uh, out of this, and sometimes it actually gets worse, is the older we get, the more things that we have to compare. Right? Like you've got your re- your vacation plans and your retirement schedule and your savings account and your cars. You have multiple of them to compare to your other friends' multiple cars. And then, I mean, like, then it gets a lot worse when you go and buy a house, right? If, or you're like, did you buy or did you rent your house? How many square feet is it? Is it, you know, like, like how high are the ceilings? Eight foot or ten foot? Uh, like all of these different things. I've been jealous. I found myself jealous of somebody's kitchen sink before. <laughs> and, and, and like, that's just the things that we can see, right? There's all these other things that are invisible with a house when you buy a house. What mortgage rate did you get? What's your insurance look like? I remember one time I was talking with somebody like, oh yeah, we got like 3.5 on this. And they're like, yeah, I got 2.9. I was like, dang it. You know, and all of a sudden I start feeling, and if you're, listen, if you're a student in the room, if you're a student and you think that this, like the idea of feeling good or bad about yourself based on a mortgage rate is bad, it is. <laughs> like, it just, can I just call that out? That's like, it might be normal, but it ain't right. Like, 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 if, uh, like imagine, like, imagine what we thought of as kids. We weren't thinking about mortgage rates, but even as kids, we were, stu- isn't it amazing how early our kids start comparing themselves? Not just the little things like, oh, he got more candy, but like, he's better than me. She's better at this. Like, she's prettier. See, from day one, we are, we want to compare. We want to compare our careers. We want to compare our schedules. We'll compare our bodies. We'll compare our kids, all of these different things. And this is just something, this is just something we all have in common. We have, uh, we, we, we have a tendency to just kind of look to our left and look to our right to see if we're doing all right. And here's the thing, what naturally happens, what naturally happens is like when we play this game, what we want is a bigger er. Like, what we're after is just more er. We want more er on our adjectives, right? In fact, the title of this message is called The Land of Er. <laughs> All of us are tempted at times to, to live in the land of er. And for those of us living in the land of er, we want to be richer 
skinnier, smarter, younger, prettier, happier, hipper, talented-er. Like, like fill in the blank, and I want to, I want to have more er, and I want to have more er than you. And if, because if I have more er than you, I strangely feel better about me in the land of er. And it's not that I don't like you. I like you and all, but all I want is when I'm done hanging out with you or done with dinner at your house, I want to, I want to go home and say, they're good, but I'm er. I have more er, like, like, oh, they're doing great. I just have more er. That's what it means to live in the land of er. And it's kind of silly, isn't it? It's kind of sad. And, and sometimes it can actually get kind of sick too, right? Because it's not just about, it doesn't stop just at our stu- stuff and ourselves. It can go on. See, when people in the land of er start to date, they start to want the people that they date, their boyfriend or their girlfriend, to have, it would be beneficial if you had a little bit more er, if you were richer, if you were skinnier, smarter, younger, prettier. Like, it would be beneficial for me if you had some of that. And then we get married, right? And then when we get married, it's like, well, we, 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 dis- we put it under the skies of, like, I just want the best for them. You know, honey, honey, and, and we start to err one another there. Like, honey, I just, I just want you, I just want you to be healthy. I just want you, to, you want him to be more confident. And so we start to err each other in our marriage. And, 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 then, and then we have kids. And we drag our kids, like, like, can we just all agree we are raising our kids in the land of err? I mean, we don't call it evergreen for any, you know, <laughs> like, like there's a reason we call it, and if you're laughing, maybe you're not from evergreen, maybe you're from conifer, and you're so much better than us. Or like, like maybe you're like, oh, you mountain people, yeah, you, maybe you compare, but what, let me guess, you're from Denver? Like, it's every, like, this whole comparison thing is everywhere. We have a tendency to do this, and, and this is where we're raising our kids. And here's the thing, I truly, honestly, uh, just like you, if you're a parent, I truly want the best for my kids. The problem is, is sometimes I confuse what's best for them with, uh, with what's good for me and my image if I'm not careful, right? Like, like in, 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 you know, there's their education and their development, but in the end, is it really about them? Or is it really about them looking, me looking good through them? And that's where it's kind of like, ugh, it gets kind of gray, and, 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 you know, there's, you know, I want to get them in the best school or I want them to play this sport. But it's like, is it their sport or is it the sport that you played when you were a kid? And it gets kind of messy. And it's true, yes, I want the best for my kids. But if I'm honest, there's also this, this desire for me to have more er and for my kid to have more er than your kid. And so I feel better. And if we're not careful, we can use our loved ones to, to get ahead in the land of Ur. And here, here's another way we can get a, ahead in the land of Ur. Here's a way that I can get ahead in the land of Ur is watching you fall behind. And this is where it gets kind of twisted, kind of dark. And if you felt this, if you've ever secretly, you were secretly glad when you heard about somebody's bad news. You ever felt that and you're like, what is that? Like it's, it's someone you care about, someone who's dear to you, and, and you like the, all of a sudden you, the, you find out they didn't pass. 
or they didn't. They, uh, they, they, they didn't get to start, but you got to start. Or their kid, your, their kid didn't get into school, but your kid did. They didn't get the promotion, and inside you're like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. But you're like, yes. It's like, wh- what is that? that? Like, that's comparison. That's what happens when you and I compare to one another. When we look to our left and our right to see if we are all right. That's what happens in the land of Ur. If I can just get more Ur than you, then I can feel better about me. And can we just kind of level set right in the beginning of this? And just all agree that this is not a great path. Like, like when we see some of that in ourselves, we don't like it. That that might uh, ruin some good things. That this comparison thing could cause us to push our families in inappropriate in unnecessary ways. It might cause us to relish the wrong things and celebrate bad things. Like, can we just say, this isn't good? Here's what we're going to say. This is the big idea for today and, and really the whole series. There is no win in comparison. There's just no win in comparison. When we compare our stuff to other people's stuff, we lose something. When we compare the lo- our loved ones to other people's loved ones, something is lost. And when we use that data and we come back with, you know, like what we see to assess if we are, am I okay? I'm not okay. Oh, I'm okay? I'm okay. Something is, is wrong. The, 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 if we do that too much, we might not actually ever be okay. There is no win in comparison. There's no finish line. There's no sense of satisfaction. And yet this is a game that we so easily play, is it not? So let's not play it. Let's learn, let's talk about how not to play that game. That's what the comparison trap this series is about. There's a verse that I want to look at today that that encapsulates exactly what we're talking about with this whole comparison thing. It's found in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to chapter 4. If you don't consider yourself a Bible reader, um, honestly, Ecclesiastes, if you read, if you were to open up your Bible and, and read Ecclesiastes, you would find yourself saying, uh-huh, yep, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Oh, yeah, that's true of life. Pretty sure that's a song. You know, like there's a, there's a lot of cool things in, in uh, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is pretty easy to read. It's written by a guy named Solomon who lived about 3,000 years ago. He was, he was an interesting guy. He was a king, uh, one of the kings of Israel. Um, at the time, he was one of the wealthiest, maybe actually the wealthiest person in the world. He built one of the seven, one, seven ancient wonders of the world. He had kings and queens come from all over the place just to, to hear what he had to say. He was dubbed the wisest man who ever lived in his time. And he actually weighs in on what happens when we play this comparison game. That's what I want to look at today. This is chapter 4, verse 4, says this. This is, this is Solomon speaking. He says, And I saw that all toil and all achievement spring from one person's envy of another. If you've read some of Solomon's stuff before, you know he's kind of like a people watcher. You know, I saw this. I was looking over here. I observed over in this area. He was watching. I've been watching. And, and he says, I saw that all toil and all achievement 
springs from, from that, like that is our drive that, to do things, actually springs from our envy of one another. I've been watching, and, and I have a theory that for the most part, what drives us is competition. How much, you know, we look at each other and say, hey, how much are you making? What are you driving? Where are you going? Where, where are you living? Who are you, li- you know, who's there? We compare to one another, and that acts as fuel for, for our, our, our drive our, to, to get things done. In other words, it kind of says like this. He saw people determining where they were based on where everybody else was. Like, am I okay? I'm okay. Am I okay? I'm not okay. Is my wife okay? She's okay. Is my kids okay? Oh, they're not okay. He saw people determining where they were based on where everybody else was. This was his observation. And then this is his summary. This is what he takes away from this. He says this. This too is meaningless. A chasing after the wind. He's like, I see this happening. I see people comparing themselves and trying to one-up each other. He's like, you know what? In the end, it's meaningless. Which means that tomorrow as you go and do your thing, whatever, if you had, you could have Solomon, you know, like the little shoulder angels. We'll do like a shoulder king. Imagine Solomon, like you're driving and you see somebody else's car or a billboard and you're like, man, I don't have that. If Solomon was your little, if he was your little shoulder king, he'd be like, don't do that. That's meaningless. You know, you'd be, in yoga class and, and doing your downward facing dog and you look over and there's a girl doing downward facing dog better than you can. He'd, he'd be like, don't do that. Don't go there, girl. Just don't do it. Don't play that game. You know, you go walk into somebody's house and be like, oh my gosh, it's so clean. And they have 10 foot ceilings. And he'd be like, that's meaningless. That's chasing after the wind. Okay, Solomon, and we'd say, Solomon, Solomon, okay, like chasing after the wind. Like you can't catch the wind. He's like, exactly. That's what that's like. When you and I compare, I've seen it. It doesn't end anywhere. I've done it, he would say. Like Solomon, if you know Solomon's story, he's tried everything in, in life to be happy. He's like, I've seen it. You can do it. But it doesn't take you anywhere. It's meaningless. It's chasing after the wind. Now, time out for a second. Before we go any further, I have to say this. There's some of us in the room that are driven people. And, and you're, you're, you're like wondering, you're like, okay, okay, so am I just supposed to slack off, Solomon? Like, am I not supposed to try? Am I not supposed to give it my best? You know, like, like what, what are you trying to say here? Listen, listen to what Solomon says next. This is so good. Fools fold their hands and ruin themselves. See, Solomon's a pretty wise dude. He knows what we're thinking before we're thinking. Like, like he's, he's, he's like, hey, hey, listen, listen. Fools, fools fold their hands. That is, they do nothing, and they bring ruin, ruin on themselves. He's like, don't think for a minute that I'm not telling you to work hard. Don't think for a minute that, that I don't think being ambitious is important. I'm Solomon. Have we met? Do you know me? Have you seen my buildings? Have you seen my gardens? Have you seen the temple that I built? Have you seen my 300 wives that I have? Like, I got a lot going on. I'm a busy guy. So, but don't think, like, 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 don't think that I'm saying do nothing. In fact, if you do nothing, what happens if you do nothing? You're just going to ruin your life. You're going to bring destruction on yourself. You're going to end up hurting yourself by being lazy. So I'm not saying being lazy. Okay, okay, Solomon. So what are you saying? 
And then what he says in this next verse is, is so important. In fact, th- what he says in the next verse is so important. I'm going to ask you today to memorize this verse. I would like you, like, I think it would be a great idea for you to memorize this verse. Even if you're not a Jesus follower or you're not sure of the Bible, you're not sure if Solomon was ever a real dude. It almost doesn't matter because what's in this next verse is really, really not just true and not just worth listening to, it's worth retaining. Solomon says this, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility or peace than two handfuls with no peace, with just toil and chasing after the wind. Here's what I want you to know today is there's no win in comparison. What I want you to do today is I want you to memorize this. In fact, let's, let's read it again. I want you to read it with me because it's part of you memorizing it. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Do that again. Better one handful The imagery here is beautiful. It's this picture of, of it's better to have one hand open versus like this. One hand open. And the implications, especially if you're a God follower, what, what one hand open means is God can come and he can place whatever he wants into that hand. And likewise, he can also take out whatever is in that hand. What Solomon is saying is it's better to have what only one handful can hold than have than two handfuls fists clenched trying to get more two fistfuls wishing you had a third hand to to get that more stuff which we've all felt before right I've felt that coursing through my veins you're gonna laugh at me but when I walk into a Bass Pro Shop or a Cabela's I feel this coursing through my fa- veins. I remember one time I was like, I walked in and, you know, it's like these big, if you've ever been in one of those stores, big ceilings and all of this cool stuff, and you're just kind of like, wow. And I literally felt this, this, like, little voice in my head saying, Josh, everything you need in life to be happy is in this building. And you laugh because it, it truly is ridiculous, but that's the way I felt. And you can laugh at me, but you got your own thing, right? Whatever it is. You can say, you can, like, whatever your thing is, there's times in your life where you're like, this is all I need. Or you look to your left and your right and you say, oh, man, if I had what they had, I would be, that's all I would need. And the problem is, it's chasing after the wind, isn't it? Because I've gotten some of that stuff at Bass Pro. And it, it's good stuff, and it makes me happy for a little bit, but then it, like, wears out, or the new thing comes out, whatever, and, I, I, and then I'm just longing for more. Better one handful with peace and tranquility and contentment than two handfuls going like this, like this, like this, more, 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 more. He's like, there's nothing there. So he would say it's chasing after the wind. That's a win, a game you cannot win, because if you're tr- it constantly trying to get everything you can get, there's always something you can't get. Therefore, it's better to have one hand open, better one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil 
and chasing after the wind. I'm telling you, just this one insight is worth the price of admission this morning. This, this just this one insight. If, if you and I just let that sink in, whether you're Christian or not, if we just let this sink in, every time we find ourselves reaching for more, every time we self -igno you know, find ourselves ignoring our family because the, there's another deal, and it's like if I can just get that one deal, it's always one more deal, right? If we find ourselves comparing our son to our neighbor's kid or, or pushing our daughter and saying, come on, come on, come on, you know, or, or bringing that issue up with our wife that we know takes us nowhere, as we begin to overextend ourselves in our finances, before we get down on ourselves because we only have a 3.7 or whatever and they have a fill in the blank. If you and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa if, if, if you and I just let this sink in and said, when tomorrow, when you hit whatever your thing is and, and you're like, oh man, you're like, wait, no, 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 pause, 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 pause. Better one hand with tranquility than two hands with toil. I'm telling you, that would be a game changer. It would keep you from out of the land of Ur, where there is no happiness, there is no peace. It's just a rat race, a carrot on a string. So let's read this again. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Solomon's not done. He has more to say, and he brings up this really cool, this, this really cool um, uh, imagery here. He says this, Again, I saw something meaningless under the sun, <laughs> which is just hilarious. And like, here, here's this guy, he's like, hey, Solomon, I heard you came out with a new book called Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. What is it about? A bunch of meaningless stuff. <laughs> he actually talks about meaningless stuff in an interesting way. It's fun. He said, I saw something meaningless. And what he's about to talk about, you and I have seen this too. You, I, I guarantee you've seen this as well. He said this, verse 8, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother which is Solomon's cultural way of saying his time, his money, his stuff was all his own. It wasn't being divided or wasn't being planned out for somebody else. All he had to do was plan out for himself. That's what he's saying here. He had no kid to take care of, no family member to bail out. It was all his. He had no son, no brother. And yet, and yet, Solomon says this, there was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. To which we say, I have a friend like that. All of us can point to somebody that we know that has a great income, an enviable travel schedule, lots of great stuff, some good, you know, like great things going on for them, and yet we know they got a, a people who have got a lot going on for them, but yet we would not trade places with them. Why? Because they're not happy. Because they, there was no end to their toil, and their eyes are not content with their wealth. They just, and yet, and yet, and we know this person who just keeps pushing, right? They keep, they're always you know, after another goal. They're after something else they can achieve. There's this next horizon that just never seems to come to here. It's always there. And there's no end to their toil. And their eyes are not content with their wealth. And it might be easy for us, like, we, again, if we're playing the comparison game, it might be easy for us to say, well, if, but if I had that, if I had that place in Breck, if I had that income, if I had whatever, I could be happy. And Solomon, again, shoulder king, would be like, hey, 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 listen, listen. No, it's not necessarily 
what it is. It, it, that maybe, but careful. That's a tra- that could be a trap. Better one handful of tranquility than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. Let's keep reading because this guy's about to have, he's going to ask a, a really honest question here. He says this, 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 so this is now the guy, the rich guy that Solomon was observing. And I don't know, like, who knows if Solomon actually knew this guy, if it's like representative of, you know, of a group of people or whatever, or a par- if he's telling like a parable or, or whatnot. But he, he says this, he puts the words in this guy's mouth, and he has like this kind of this moment of clarity, this guy, this rich guy. He says, for who am I toiling? He asks, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? Basically, basically what this guy, in a moment of clarity, he's saying, what's driving me? It's a really good question. It would be a good question for us to ask ourselves. Like, what, what drives you? He's like, why am I doing all this stuff? Why do I live like this? Why am I, who am I doing this for? Why can't I just enjoy, enjoy what I have? What is driving me towards this toil? And Solomon would say, like, remember in the beginning, when I said what drives us a lot of times, naturally we take our cues from one another and strive for what they have or have more of it. And so, and so like Solomon say, and, and I said, remember what I said in the beginning? That was meaningless. I'll say it again. Here it is again, right after he says, you know, like, you know, for who am I toiling and why am I depriving myself? And then, and then Solomon overlays his, his opinion on this. This too is meaningless. And then I love this next phrase. It's a miserable business. <laughs> like, like, don't, in other words, he's saying, not only is it kind of silly, like, we, like sometimes we catch ourselves in our own silly games of comparison. Like, it's silly. Not only is it silly, sometimes it's miserable, Solomon would say. It's a miserable business. So stay away from that business. Stay away from that career path. This occupation where you look to your left and your right and just reference It'll end nowhere. It'll end with like, why, why, what was I trying to gain? I, I, and why can't I gain it? Why am I chasing more-er? Not only it's meaningless, not only that, it's miserable. Because as long as you have two handfuls and you're trying to get more, it doesn't really matter what is in your hand, does it? doesn't matter how smart you are. doesn't matter how cute your kids are doesn't matter how good your wife looks. doesn't matter how much money you have or how high up the ladder or how high your GPA is. You will always want more-er. Solomon is right. It's miserable. It's a miserable business. Therefore, better one hand with tranquility than two handfuls of toil chasing after the wind. Bottom line, there is no win in comparison. There's no win. There's no finish line. There's no, there's, no, um, there's no satisfaction. And see, what if we learned to think this way in our careers? Not that we don't try hard, but we just try hard for the right reasons. What if we learned how to think this way in our academic pursuits? This way, not this way. What if, what if, we, what if, we, opened, like, what if we opened up our hands with our families what if we open up, like our dreams? Like, yes, I think God, I think us dreaming, that's God's fingerprints on our hearts. But we have to keep them open-handed. Our financial goals, our hobbies. What if we did this instead of this? That's what we're going to talk about 
in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited for this series. I love series like this because I think that it has a lot, like it, it can do a lot for our hearts. And I think our hearts need that. Here's, here's, my, here's my goal. I want you to know what my goal for this series is, is coming into it. I want you to like being you. <laughs> I want you to like waking up in the morning and being yourself. I, I want you to be comfortable in your own skin. And if you're not a Jesus follower or you're not sure what you believe or you haven't talked to God in a while, th- there's something you need to know about us and, and me and, and maybe our approach to this. Here's how I'm approaching this, this whole, whole series. I think the best way for you to like being you is to seek God's point of view. We're going to talk about this more next week. But I think the best way for us to like being us is to seek how God sees us. That as people who are constantly looking to our left and our right, like it's just kind of our natural tendency to do that, grasping, reaching, comparing. The best way out of that game is to seek God's view of us. Because when we see that the creator of the universe likes us, nay, even loves us, is willing to die for us, it gives you permission to like you too. You know? It gives us permission to like ourselves, and it changes our point of view. But I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Here's what I want you to do this week, tomorrow, this afternoon, I want, to pay, I want you to pay attention. What's driving you? What are you using as a reference point to tell you if I'm okay? I'm not okay. Just, just pay attention to it. Maybe you don't even do anything about it, but when you notice yourself comparing yourself to others, be like, okay, okay, why? What's driving me there? What's my, why am I, what's my reference point? And as you reflect on that, I want you to, to remember there's no win in comparison. Just, just remind yourself throughout the week, there's no win in comparison. And then I want you to, to memorize this verse. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. And just a second here after I'm done praying, We're going to hand out and give you cards that have this verse on them. And please take one and put it where you need to see it. On your mirror at home, dashboard of your car, in your locker, at school, your gym bag, your your desk at work, wherever it might be for you. And put that verse here in your heart so that when your head starts thinking, oh, but uh, over there, no, 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 better one handful with tranquility and two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. We're going to sing a few more songs. Feel free to spend that time right now looking at, you know, like, look at that card. If you don't want to sing, if you want to just work on memorizing, you're like, I'm not going to remember to do this after I leave. That's fine. Do it here. Do it now. I encourage you. Let me pray.
Father, I, I, I thank you, as we will see through this series, how, for how much you care for us. That just like a good heavenly father, you look at us as your children and you would encourage us, you would encourage every person in this room, Father, to not compare. To not look to their left and their right to see if they're all right. Father, would you remind us, like, remind us, like life gets going and we forget so quickly, Lord. Would you help bring that to our, our minds when we need it most this week? Because we know there's no win in comparison. We want to walk in your way. We want to draw closer to you. I pray for our hearts. Protect our hearts this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for these words that are 3,000 years old and yet just as relevant today as they were in ancient times. You're a good God. Help us to trust you more. Help us to worship you more, starting right now. In your name, amen. Please stand.